give God your best praise. Come on, give God your best praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, lift your voice unto the Lord our God. Lift your voice unto the Lord our God. Oh, what a mighty God we serve. Oh, what a great God he is. Excellent Lord, who we exalt on high. Come on with that weak praise. God has been too good to you. Don't hold back on God. Don't hold back. Our God won't hold, withhold any good thing from us. Do you know that? Hallelujah. He gave us Jesus. He gave us his best. We thank him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. If you can't say anything else, thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's the Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Do I have a thank you in here? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. you. Lift your voice. Come on, tell them. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Come on, say thank you. Thank you for everything. For making a way out of no way. For supplying my need. According to your riches and glory. Say, you saved my life. You healed my body. You set me free. Whoa, oh, say thank you. There is nothing like you. Oh, we bless your name. Come on and give him praise. If you're thankful, say thank you. Say thank you. tree of life thank you thank you Lord come on give him some praise give him praise give him praise hallelujah if you're thankful you might as well praise him if you're thankful you might as well glorify him You might as well magnify him. Hallelujah. For the Lord our God is great and greatly to be praised. Hallelujah. You may be seated in the presence of the almighty God. Hallelujah. God bless you, people of God. It is good to be in the house of the Lord, giving God thanks giving him praise reverencing him God we we serve a great God people of God we serve an awesome God 
serve an awesome God. I don't know about you, but my God keeps making a way for me. My God just keeps blessing me. And you, it looked like you've been saved your whole life since you've been born. But I got saved while in sin. God saved me from sin. I'm a sinner saved by grace through faith. Oh, that's awesome. I didn't have to buy my way in. I didn't have to buy my way in. There are people that buy their way into religions into false gods, into a devil's house. But I can say that I have been saved by grace. Oh God, thank you Jesus. Jesus who is in heaven seated at the right hand of the Father knew there was a problem. Knew that on August 10th, 1969, I was coming. <laughs> that I'd be born in the afternoon. He knew. So he had a plan for me. And the plan was, I'm going to get up and take off this glory. I'm going to go down into the womb of Mary. Nobody is going to put me there. I'm going to go down miraculously. I'm going to do something that no man has ever seen before. Because each one of us that has come here, if you're listening to me, if you're on this earth, you had to be birthed with a man and a woman. You needed a man's seed. Amen? Amen. But God. But God. Our sovereign God didn't need a man. But he came down, put himself in Mary, was birthed miraculously, and walked this earth, ministered, healed, delivered, set free folk like you and like me. Sinners. As he walked sinless. See, you probably don't understand the significance of it. That's why you're not excited about it. Don't mind me. I'm starting to get it now. I'm starting to get it now. How wonderful our God that created me. Remember in the beginning God created. That God sent his son for me. That God that is so great. That's so large. That made the universe. That called it to be. Called the grass from the ground. Called the trees from the ground. Called the animals from the ground. They came up. Look, read the word. They came up from the ground and was. Did you hear that? Our God, look, listen to the power of his word. He 
call them. They came up from the ground and they were. Those insects that you step on, those water bugs that seem like they won't go away, them roaches <laughs> that go on from generation to generation, seem like from everlasting to everlasting, they are there. <laughs> God called them the creeping things. Those fish in the sea, the bird, the fowl in the air, God called that to be. What am I doing? I'm trying to help you understand the sovereignty of God, the power of the God that we serve, the omnipotence of our God, the power that's through his word. He called all of this to be. And that wonderful, awesome, powerful God that said, let there be light without the sun. And there was. Without a sun, let there be light. Click, click. No light switch. Nobody cut anything on. He didn't call PSENG. He didn't call Con Ed. Cut it on. Let there be light. And there was. That God came to earth. That's why I'm excited. That's why I love him. That God came to earth but not only did he come to earth and do all the miraculous works they lied on him they did him dirty they talked about him they beat him up they spit on him did you see that grown folk in here somebody spit on you what's gonna happen (laughs) it's going down (laughs) It's going down. You, oh, you spit on me? <laughs> it's going down. <laughs> you don't have to hit me if you spit on me. I'll knock your teeth out. <laughs> I'm going to have to pray for you to heal and get that mouth healed. <laughs> but don't spit on me. This is, but listen, oh God, oh, oh, listen. You see, I'm ready to hurt that person that's Spits on me. Jesus never said a word. He kept walking to that cross that we put him on. The same God that has all power in his hand to life and to death. That God walked this earth and died for us because the truth is we should have died the earth as we know it should be no more should be no more but somebody say but love that's love God sent his son and he willingly came down here and he walked this earth and he died for us but how many know death couldn't hold them death our final enemy we have three enemies folks three pretty pretty powerful enemies we know about the devil 
You know about your own flesh, right? But death, that's an enemy. But how many know the enemy has been defeated? (laughs) The enemy is defeated. All three enemies are defeated because my God got up from death with all power in his hands. The kingdom of God, the authority of Jesus. Guess what? If you believe on him, that's all it takes to receive that grace that he has freely given us. Believe on him. Believe on him. And you shall have, oh God, everything that he has promised to us. Give an honor to God in the presence of the Holy Spirit, in the absence of our leaders, Bishop Ingram and Pastor Ingram, as they enjoy their vacation. Amen. Let's give God some praise for our leaders. Give God some praise. Even in their absence, we can give God some praise for them. Hallelujah. And I thank God for them. Amen. As I continue to watch them grow, it's encouraging to know, amen, that the sky is the limit in, in, in the Lord. Amen. When, I, when they come up and speak in the wisdom that comes from their mouths. Amen. And it's not to make them so great, but I know the God that's in them is great. Amen. And is doing some things through them. Oh, God, I bless the Lord. Amen. To my wife and my children. To, amen. To the evangelists, Hargett, to the deacons, to everyone in this building. God bless you. And I love you. Only some of y'all do. Come on. I love you. All right, I'm not going to force you. (laughs) Amen. Come on, open your Bibles with me, people of God. Let's go to Luke, the sixth chapter. Thank God for the word. Amen. We're going to go to a familiar passage. Amen. And who knows? This might be pretty quick. Amen. We're still under the title that the Lord has given our bishop. I must believe God. How many know that in these times that we are living in, we have to. It is a must. It is imperative that we believe God in these last and evil days. The enemy is coming against us, people of God. The enemy is coming against family. The enemy is coming against everything that we believe. The Jesus that we believe, the enemy, come on, right here. The enemy wants to distract you with everything. The enemy wants to distract you with everything. But we must believe God and know that our God is in control. Everything that happens, God is not surprised about. Everything that happens, it's not a big secret. So don't think those things that are going on in your life is so, holy smoke, God, you didn't know. No, God knew. (laughs) God knew. God knows. He sees all things. All things. He knows everything. He knew it before you thought it. Oh, good God. Before you thought it, our God knew it. That's how bad he is. The omniscient God 
He knows everything from the beginning to the ending. He knows when the curtains open, when the curtains close. God knows. He sees all. He knows all. And he cares about you. Do you know that some of those things that are happening in your life even now, what the man of God said on Friday, it's only a test. (laughs) The man of God on Friday came and let us know that it is only a test. That's it. God will send things your way to test you. Not to tempt you, to test you. Why is God testing us? Because God wants us stronger in him. God wants us closer to him. God wants us to depend on him. I must believe God. No matter what, I must believe God. You must believe God for those people that don't know God. You must believe God for that child that's acting up. You must believe God for that parent that doesn't know God, that doesn't want anything to do with you, that has disowned you, that has forgotten about you. You must believe God for your marriage that you see failing. For the problems that you see in your home, you must believe God. You must hold fast to the Lord, to his word, and know that he is in control. That no matter what it's looking like, no matter how the enemy is coming against you, Because, see, in the times of the test, in the times that God sends the test our way, here's what the enemy will do. You know it was always. They never really liked you. You know this ain't going nowhere. You know you're going to have to walk away. You know this has failed. You know this can't be done. You know there's no way this is going to turn around. You know how this ends. The enemy likes that one. You know how this ends, right? And if you're not believing God, you know what you say? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep, you're right. You're right. So, let me start walking this way. No, no, no. No man of God, no woman of God. We got to believe God. We got to believe God. We got to take his word and put it on the situation. Put it right there. Put it right on the problem. Put it right on your spouse. Put it right on your child. Put it right on your job. Put it right in school. Put it right inside your car. Put it in your home. Take the word of God and stand on his word. Believe with his word. You're going to preach, mama? That's my God child. She's going to preach. <laughs> She's amen to the truth. Because that's the truth. People of God, we got to come up higher. We got to come up higher in our thinking. We have to come up higher in our belief. Through these tests and trials that you are experiencing, you have to allow it to bring you closer to God. Believing him even more today than you did yesterday. I must believe God. Here is the thought. 
Am I standing in expectation for the miraculous works of God? Our God does the miraculous. Am I standing in expectation of the miraculous works of God? From creation, we see the miraculous works of God. From Genesis all the way to Revelation, we see the miraculous works of God. The miraculous works of God is designed to take the unbeliever and turn him to God. Did you hear that? The miraculous works of God is designed to take the unbeliever and say, oh my God, this is you and turn him and her to God. The miraculous works of God for the believer is to draw you closer to God. It is to strengthen you. It is so that you and I can rest assured that our God is in control of everything. God has got your back. God is keeping you. If you look throughout your life, if you look from when you was born to right now, have you seen a miracle? Have you seen a miracle? Maybe you say, well, it didn't happen in my life. Did you see the miraculous works of God from someone else? Then you've seen God. Because maybe your thinking is, well, that never happened to me. Well, did you see it happen to someone else? It happened to someone else so that you can know it was God. So you can testify. I know, listen, I wasn't there when Jesus was put on the cross. I wasn't there when Jesus was healing. I wasn't there when the Red Sea was open. I wasn't there when the sun stood still for 24 hours. I wasn't there when God slew 100,000 plus men and no one had to fight. I wasn't there when quail came down from the sky. But I believe God. It happened. It happened. It happened. And God is so great in my life, I watched the miraculous works of God in my house. I watched. Robert Lee, stand up. Raise your hand real high. Everybody look at Robert Lee. You want to see a miracle? You want to see a miracle? If you're listening to this CD, my son is standing. Because they don't see him. So let me say it. My 10-year-old, you can sit down now, boy. Thanks. (laughs) He's a showstopper. My 10-year-old son, who the doctor said there had to be a process that my wife and I had to go through in order for him to be born. We had to do this in vitro process, which is a process that some couples have to do in order to have children successfully. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't work. We were going, we were starting this process 
because the doctor said, <laughs> somebody know about that doctor's report? The doctor said it can't happen. It can't be done. Somebody say the doctor's not God. <laughs> the doctor is not God. The doctor said there was cancer in her breast. The doctor said the illness was unto death. <laughs> the doctor said, that's it. It's over. Call the family. But God said, but God said, but God said, you shall live and not die. But God said, and it shall be done. The miraculous works of God manifest itself in our life. And we watch the miraculous of God. Amen? Amen. But are you standing in expectation of these miraculous works? See, for us, it's the supernatural. For God, it's natural. That's what he do. That's what God does. You see, in the spiritual realm, there's perfection. Did you know that? In the unseen, it's perfect. In the supernatural, it is regular stuff. In our natural world, in this sinful natural world, ah, it's ugly. It looks impossible. It seems like it can't be done. I don't know. There's doubt. There's disbelief. Amen? But when we're connected to the king, when we're utilizing this kingdom authority that we have, those natural things that seem unnatural, we put to God, and he connects his super to the natural. It comes supernatural. Oh, man. <laughs> God connects his super to our natural. Amen? And the things that seemed impossible naturally becomes regular in the supernatural. All right, y'all don't believe me. Okay, hold on. Let me give you a challenge. Here's the, here's the challenge. To do what God says do. There are some things that God, that God is going to do without us asking. There are some things that God is just going to do because he's God and he does it. But how many know there are some things that God is going to do, but it's going to take us walking in obedience to watch it happen. Amen? Believer, walk in obedience. That's our job as believers to walk in obedience, to walk and do what God says do. God says, don't go that way. Don't go that way. God says, put that thing down. Put that thing down. God says, you must believe him. He's, Jesus said, have faith in God. Where is your faith? Is your faith in you? Is your faith in your finances? Is your faith in your job? Is your faith in your spouse? Is your faith in your children? Is your faith in those things? 
that can be destroyed or is your faith in the one who can make everything? Who calls it to be and it be. Where is your faith? Luke, the sixth chapter. Amen. Beginning at verse six. Very familiar passage. Come on, let's stand real quick for this because it is good to stand. And, and what I want us to do after we read this word, amen, I want us to do like the Jews used to do back in the days, amen, and clap. After the word, I want us to clap, amen. These aren't our words. This is the Lord's word, amen. Luke 6 and 6 reads, and it came to pass also on the other on another Sabbath that he entered into the synagogue and taught. And there was a man whose hand was withered. And the scribes and Pharisees watched him. In other words, they were checking out Jesus. Whether he would heal on the Sabbath day that they might find an accusation against him. Oh God. But he knew their thoughts. And said to the man, which had the withered hand, rise up and stand forth in the midst. And he arose and stood forth. Does somebody see obedience right there? Then said Jesus unto them, I will ask you one thing. So he's talking to the Pharisees and the scribes that are trying to find fault. They're trying to check out and see what Jesus is going to do. Is it lawful on the Sabbath days to do good or to do evil? To save life or to destroy it? And looking around about upon them all, he said unto the man, Stretch forth thy hand. Stretch forth thy hand. In other words, stretch out your hand. Somebody say, stretch out. Stretch out. Stretch out your hand oh God somebody say here comes obedience and he did so and his hand was restored whole as the other and they were filled with madness oh God they were filled with that word madness means disgust they were disgusted that Jesus healed this man oh God and commune one with another what they might do to Jesus. Come on, let's clap for the word. Come on, clap for the word. Hallelujah. Come on, clap for the word. Because if you've never seen power before, you just watched power. We just witnessed power. Bless you, Jesus. Hallelujah. God, we believe you for your word and receive what you have spoken to us. Look at somebody and say, the topic is, the topic is God, said, God said, stretch out your hand. Out your hand. Come on, give God some praise. Amen. Stretch out your hand. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You see, when God created our existence, when he created creation, God made everything 
in six days. Everybody remember that? Right? Six days. It was done. But on the seventh day, he chose to rest. Now, what you need to understand about God choosing to rest, he didn't choose to rest because he was tired. Because he needed a break. He's God. He's omnipotent. He has all power. God didn't choose to rest because of those things. Here's why God chose to rest on the seventh day. He chose to rest on the seventh day for us. God created that day of rest for us. We were not created for that day. God created that day for us. Did everybody hear that? We were not created for the seventh Sabbath day, but the Sabbath was created for us so that we would rest, so that we would not do anything. There would be no work. If you owned uh, animals and maybe you had servants, they would have to rest on that day too. That was the law that was given to them in Exodus and Deuteronomy. You like that? <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> they were given that law by Moses that on the seventh day, it was a day of rest created for us. Now, what do we do on that Sabbath day? Worship. Those six days that you spent working, maybe you didn't have a chance to give God what he deserves. Maybe you couldn't get it out. You couldn't express it the way you wanted to. So guess where we come to let it all hang out? Not go crazy, because I don't believe in crazy praise. Maybe it sounds like you're crazy, but ain't nothing crazy about what we do with God. Amen? Our God is a God of order. So I know you've heard, oh, you praise God like you're crazy. Don't praise God like you're crazy, because you got a sound mind, right? That's the purpose of a sound mind, not to be crazy. Amen? So, and that's not knocking people. Maybe, you know, they're excited about what they say. I hear that. But we have to be careful with the words, that, these words that come out of our mouths. We got to be careful. Amen? Amen. So if you want to praise them like you're crazy, okay, I get it. That makes sense. But the Sabbath day, that day of rest, that day that we have come to the house of the Lord is to give God everything you have. People of God, when you come here, what are you expecting to happen? What are you anticipating? What are you looking for? What do you come to do? Because looking at this story, these Pharisees and these scribes were there for the wrong reason. They weren't there to worship. And are you listening to this? Listen, they came to the house of God to watch Jesus. Now, there are some theologians that believe that they sent this dude here, the guy who had the problem, the guy with the withered hand, some theologians believe that. That's not in the word. The word is quiet about that, so I'm not going to elaborate on that. I don't know what he was doing there, but he was there. 
Was he looking for Jesus? I don't know. Was he hoping to be healed? Probably. I don't know. But I can tell you this. Those religious people, those people that knew the law and wrote the law, that supposedly followed the law, they were there to look and see what he going to do, what she got on, who he talking about, what he doing right there, why he came to church. Mm. He ain't, he shouldn't be praising him. What? Oh, no, I'm describing people in here. I'm not talking about them Pharisees and scribes. I'm talking about these church folks today. What have you come here for? You came to look at me? You came to talk about me? You came to judge me? Shame on you. Shame on you. Where is your mind? Where is the love? Where is the love that God has given us? Where is the hope for the people? These people, listen, these people, these scribes and these Pharisees, these religious people were not concerned about the man who had a problem. Saints of God. We have to prepare ourselves for these people out there. We have to prepare ourselves for the people that come here and need. They're in need. They are dying. They don't know Christ. They don't understand the love that Christ exhibits through us. They don't understand why he loves us so much. They don't understand. They don't know. It is our responsibility to show love. We got to show love. What are you doing? What are you doing? What do you expect? What do you expect to happen? We have visitors that come. We have people that come here Sunday after Sunday bringing burdens, bringing bringing problems, bringing stress, bringing unbelief. Oh, one of their problems, the Pharisees and the scribes, not the man with the withered hand, the religious people, they brought unbelief to the temple. They brought a hardened heart to the temple. They brought a mind to do evil to the house of the Lord. Oh God. You know what's so interesting about this story? This is spoken about in three of the gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And everyone gives their different spin. If you go to the book of Mark, Mark says that when Jesus called the man with the withered hand up, before he healed him, he looked around and he got angry. Jesus got angry. Man and woman of God. He got angry, but he sinned not. As a matter of fact, he got angry, and then he healed somebody. 
You better hear what I'm saying today. Jesus got angry. He didn't express that anger. Wait a minute. They didn't say anything. Jesus asked them on the Sabbath, is it good to do, is it, would you rather me do good or evil? Is it, is it life or death? He was giving them some choices. So what is the Sabbath about to you? What is the day that the Lord has made for you? And this is what they did. This, is, this was their answer. That was their answer. But it said Jesus knew their heart. Oh, God. Let me tell you something, man of God, woman of God. You don't have to say a word. You don't have to say anything. God knows what's going on inside of you. If you are holding that something towards me, that evil in your heart, you don't got to say nothing. You better know that God is watching and God is getting angry with you, with your hardened heart. You are refusing to receive what God says. You are refusing to accept this love. You are refusing to do the work of the Lord and God himself knows it and he's getting angry. He's getting angry. Don't let this be you. You're not here for the expectation or the movement, a miraculous movement of God. Nope. You don't even believe him. Because in disbelief, your heart will be hardened. In disbelief, you're not going to believe there's a miracle that can happen. In disbelief, you're not going to do what God says do. In disbelief, you can't get stretched out. The word withered means dried up. So he had a hand, but it was dried up and it was useless. That's what withered means, dried up, useless. So he had a hand, but there, nothing could produce from that dried hand. Anybody ever see a dry ground? Anybody ever experienced a dry season? Huh? Nothing happens. It's dry. How many know, but all it takes is a word from the Lord. All it takes is a word from the Lord. And the word from the Lord is going to take that dryness. Stretch forth your hand. And the thing that wasn't becomes. Stretch forth your hand unto the Lord. God wants to use you. God has something for you. God wants to bless you. Jesus is looking to do something in you. But he's telling you to stretch forth your hand. This man was in the temple of God, not expecting anything. He didn't ask to be healed. Jesus just called him out. Come out. He came, Jesus called him out because he knew that man had a problem. Saints of God, people of God, there are people that are coming here with problems. 
They might not want to tell you their problems, but with discernment, God will show you. People are coming here with issues, with things that they can't do anything about. And you and I have the answer. And the answer is right here. Right here. The Lord is looking to do something. Stretch out your hand. That area that's dry in your life. That ministry that is dry in your life. There are some things that we let dry out. You won't speak to people. You won't minister to people. You won't take God's word where God wants it. You let it dry out. I am telling you today, by the word of the Lord, God said, stretch out your hand. Because when you stretch out your hand, he's going to make that thing that you thought could not work. You thought that thing was dry. You thought that thing was dead. You thought that thing was useless. You thought it had no more use, no more nothing to it. God is going to restore it. God is going to bring it back. God is going to make it useful. God wants to put you to work. God wants to stretch out those areas where it looks like it's impossible. God is going to stretch out your finances. I know it seems like there's nothing there. I know it seems like your children ain't going to act right. Stretch forth your hand. God is going to use that baby. God is going to use your husband. He's sitting there dry. He's sitting there. He doesn't want to do anything. He's going to use your wife. He's going to use but what are you expecting? You see, if you expect nothing, oh God, you get nothing. The Pharisees, the, the scribes rather, excuse me, the Pharisees and the scribes came there and was watching. They wasn't watching for good. They was watching for evil. And they never said anything when you come to the house of the Lord you don't got to say nothing God sees you you better be careful I don't know what your motives are I don't know what your plans are but you better watch it because God is watching you God is not playing people of God we're living in a time where the sand in the clock has run out on the earth. You know that, right? This earth is in trouble. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I'm not going to tell you it's going to get better. No. No, it is not. But we are here. The people of God are still here. We haven't been raptured yet. So we've got work to do. Stretch out your hand. Work. What are you doing? You come in here week after week. What are you doing? Stretch forth your hand, man. Come on. That dry hand represents uselessness. You sitting back in these pews, useless. You sitting back looking at other people and judging. One of the most judgmental places on earth is the church. Stop judging, man. Stop. 
Stop it. Stop. Get your mind renewed. Let Jesus fix you. Get yourself useful. Stretch out your hand and be useful. God wants to stretch you. He wants to stretch those areas that have been dormant. He wants to stretch those areas in your life that you closed off and made dry. God wants to do it. Let him do it in you. This is not a feel-good message. This is a message of repentance. Not to the unbeliever, to the believer. Repent. God said, repent. All that you have not been doing has made you dry. All those things that you are not doing for the Lord has dried you out. Stretch out your hand. That's it. It's over. Stop. Stop. Stop the same practices. Stop the same foolishness. Stop the same evil. Stop the same way of thinking. Stop hardening your heart. Stop coming against the word. Stop coming against the people of God. Stop. Stretch out your hand and get useful. Stretch out your hand. God is ready to use you. You see, maybe he didn't have too much physical use, but now his hand is restored just like the other. So the things he couldn't do. The things that seemed impossible. Maybe he couldn't get a good job. He stretched forth his hand in obedience to the Lord. People of God, whatever that area is where you need to stretch out on, God sent me here to tell you, stretch out your hand. God is going to use you. Come on and stand in this place. Come on and stand. Hallelujah. God is going to do it. What it's going to take is you believing. What it's going to take is you knowing it can be done. Amen. Every head anointed, guys. Every head. God is going to do it. He's going to do it. He's going to do it. How many believe that today? Hallelujah. Come on. In a show of reverence and honor and respect unto the Lord our God, lift your hands in this building. Stretch your hands to the heavens. See, when we stretch our hands to the heaven, this is an act of worship unto the Lord. I surrender to you, Lord. Surrender. Oh, glory to God. We thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you, God, for we will walk in obedience, oh God. We will believe you now more than we've ever done before. God, those dry areas in our life, the withered area in our life, oh God, we hand over to you and we say, have your way, God.
we stretch out our hand to you. We stretch out that area to you. I want you right now to stretch out that area wherever, wherever it is. Only you and God know. Wherever that area is right now, I want you to stretch out to the Lord because God takes his super and puts it on our natural. Whatever that natural area is right now in the name of Jesus, you stretch it out and watch God perform the miraculous in your life right now in the name of Jesus hallelujah stretch to the Lord stretch to the Lord stretch out on him right now hallelujah God says stretch out your hand stretch out in your believing connect your faith to him connect your faith to the Lord Stretch your faith to God. Stretch what you believe to God right now. Stretch it to him, folks. Stretch it to him, people of God. Stretch it. Hallelujah. God is calling you. Hallelujah. God is waiting on you. God is waiting on you. Hallelujah. Come on and bless the Lord with the fruit of your lips. Hallelujah. Call upon the name of the Lord. Bless the Lord right there where you are. Come on and magnify the Lord with me. Come on, let us exalt his name together. Come on, he's a great and mighty God. He's an excellent Lord who's exalted on high. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Oh, taste and see that the Lord, he is good. Hallelujah, for he is great and greatly to be praised. Come on and bless the Lord in his place. Come on, hallelujah. Come on, magnify his name. Come on and glorify his name. Hallelujah. Come on and stand in expectation. I'm telling you right now. Stand in expectation of what God is going to do. Know that God has done it. Know that God has made a way out of no way. Know that God has fixed the situation. Know that God is making you and molding you. Know it. Know it. Know it. Know it by faith. Believe. Believe on the Lord. Hallelujah. Believe on the Lord our God. Hallelujah. Believe on the Lord our God. Hallelujah. Oh, we bless you in this place, God. Hallelujah. Oh, we bless you, Lord. Hallelujah. Let his love exude through you. Let his love be shown through you. Hallelujah. The sick are going to come to you. The confused are going to come to you. The lost are going to come to you. Oh, hallelujah. Do you have a word? Do you have a word from the Lord for them? Do you believe God for them? Not just for your situation, but do you believe God for the man with the withered hand? Do you believe God for the broken person? Hallelujah. Come on and give the Lord a mighty hand praise. Come on, praise you the Lord. Come on and bless his name. Hallelujah. Come on and bless his name. Come on and bless his name. Come on. Come on, magnify him. Come on. Hallelujah. Come on and bless him. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you. Glory to your name, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, Lord, we thank you, God. And we bless you, Lord. We repent before you. Oh, God, we ask for forgiveness. Oh, God, for those things that we have continuously walked in disobedience with.
we repent, oh God, we turn from that thing that's not like you and look to you and believe you for what you're going to do. And we say thank you right now. Thank you right now, God. Thank you, God, for we believe you and expect you to do great things in the name of Jesus. We believe it by faith and count it done and receive your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Go in peace and go in love. God bless you.